Welcome back to Back to the Roots. <laughs> Today I'm joined once again by Stephen Hedges. Wait, are we rolling? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I was making a really oh, this, weird this face. This is happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we ruined it already. Uh, and then Graham is once again a returning guest. This is, hello, good to see you <laughs> on this beautiful Saturday morning, yeah. South Bend. It's mm-hmm. sunny. It looks like it's 80 degrees, but it's like 34. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we restart? Wow. <laughs> my mic just fell over and I dropped my guitar on the floor. I just, it's part of it. No, this is the content, dude. Oh, are you it. serious? Yes. We're not rolling with this. Oh, we're rolling. <laughs> okay. I'm going to cut to your angle specifically. Uh, and then, as I was saying, first yeah. time guest is Blake. I don't Ward. know which camera to look at. Just look at Just that one. one. Okay. Don't look at that one. You, nobody can see you on that one. Oh, that's I should probably right. say I exaggerated a little bit. I didn't actually drop it. I just said it to <laughs> kind of harsh. I really wanted to restart. So. Way to clear your conscience there, Stephen. Okay. That's fantastic. Anybody that sees that is like, you didn't drop that. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, today we are drinking one of my favorites Cock and Bowl Ginger Beer. Oh, I thought we were going to. It's really got. Oh, nice. It's really got that nice, um, everybody think next to the person next to you like it's Thanksgiving. Look in their eyes. What are we all thankful for today? What are we thankful for? Steven, what are you thankful for? This is actually pretty good timing to be drinking a root beer because my blood sugar is low. I just got a <laughs> notification a minute ago. So Steven this is, is thankful for insulin. Yeah. Well, specifically for sugar now. Insulin yes. would kill You're me. right. Insulin's It'll be 25 minutes into the podcast. Why isn't Steven said? <laughs> He's just taking a little nap. He'll be He's fine. fine. <laughs> he just does that. I would feel horrible. Okay. Dang. Cock and Bull is, I was really feeling this today because we did it once before. I think it was just Graham and I during one wow. of our lunch episodes. Do you really it. like this? Because you like ginger. It's really good. Yeah, it's got a nice kick to it, um, and it's really cool branding too. I'm a huge fan. Am I old enough to be drinking this? Is How it old alcoholic? are you? No, I should. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. We're just going to see as the episode goes on. <laughs> if they get loopier, it's alcoholic. It tells you how to make a Moscow Mule, though. On it the back, does. So that's they do support cool. alcohol use, but do they put alcohol in it? That's the question. They don't. Okay, so. Um, First thing I want to ask is a this or that question. So you have to pick one or the other. For the rest of your life, either A, nobody can see you, so you're invisible to everybody, you can't talk to anybody, you're just completely invisible, you have to live the rest of your life like that, or every other person that you see, or every person you see, walks up to you and says something. Oh. So it's either you're completely invisible or you're completely opposite of invisible. <laughs> wow. This kind of takes me back to the values assessment a little bit. Like in what way? Like what do I value as a person? Like huh. do I I whenever you said the first thing like being invisible, like that was tempting. But do I need to get closer? Yeah, if you I'm could, sorry. It's okay. Just tell me. Just Pretend we can't hear you. Pretend you're invisible unless you're two (laughs) inches away from this. But, you know, I don't want that to be invisible. I really, like, want to be seen and heard. Um, I don't know. Probably the latter. You'd rather have everybody? Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that I would adapt and my capacity would grow. Can people hear you? No. If you're invisible, people can't hear you. They can't see you. You you basically don't exist. You're a ghost. Oh, oh. Essentially. I would be the second one then. Yeah, mm-hmm. so would you rather exist or not exist or, or over-exist? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like you could manage having people talk to you constantly. Man, imagine being in Chicago, though. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It would take you like, an hour to get down the street. Every person you see would walk up to you and say something. Yeah, Why don't you just look down and not see anybody and then only look up when you want to talk to somebody? Okay, well, that's getting into the... The rules. That's the rules of reality that well, you're playing with. I would with. love would you to do? live on a farm. Well, if that were the case, I would swing on the side of over human interaction. So that the second one probably, but being invisible is a really nice option to me because then one day if I'm just like, I don't feel like we're in close, <laughs> then I can just not. You, you also know, don't nobody, have to work. You don't have to work. You can just sure. steal stuff. There's like, there's a huge freedom that comes with that. But there's it, no connection. It's true. So is everybody else, is it just me in my community where everybody, I'm so sorry. Is it just me? Um, Because I don't know, this reminds me of being a celebrity or something. Like, not that 
Because you were a celebrity. No, 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 no. We're going to no. get into that later. No. <laughs> Stand by for us to talk about Blake's celebrity No, life. but just like the idea of what it would be like. Is that, am I that person in my community? Or is that everybody, is everybody's talking to everybody? No, that's just you. Okay. Everybody else is normal, but you're just like. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. The pinnacle. So it sounds like we're all leaning on the extrovert side. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Uh, that was my this or that. Okay, so now I wanted to, I did want to talk about some weird news stuff. Did you guys come prepared? I did. Good, because I did not. <laughs> I was medium to small prepared. Medium to small prepared. Well, Graham, go ahead and kick us off then, and then we'll get to the more hopefully heavier prepared. Hers was better. Okay. Is better. Uh, we'll end with Blake, so we'll go Graham, Stephen. Weird Blake. news. I saw Ant-Man yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's and the lamest weird news ever. I it's saw a Ant-Man weird yesterday. movie. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Too, okay. Have you seen it? I did. I saw it last night as well. Are you going to see it? I'm going to see it this afternoon. Okay. It as looks funky. My expectations are could not possibly be lower. Actually. That's a great place to keep go them low. there. Yeah. Keep them ant sized. I and thought then it that was good. Like I've never Ant seen an Ant Man movie. Yeah, I know. I went in slightly hangry. <laughs> we'll talk about that again in a minute. Uh, Steven, what was your weird news? <laughs> my, my weird news was more of a question. Which is. <laughs> This segment is not going how I imagined, but that's fine. Well, it's got a good one. I was just... I, what the bejeebers is happening with trains right now is what I want to know. Wait, what do you mean? So have you guys seen all the train news? Absolutely. I've, I've heard some stuff. Okay, I, so I, there's Somebody like, said something about Amtrak. It's like, oh, you don't want to take Amtrak because they'll just fall off the tracks. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? Okay, so I think... I mean, the big thing in our area, at least, is talking about Ohio, and that mm -hmm. whole thing got derailed with a bunch of like toxic cancer. Is waste. that what that was? I it's saw carcinogens. Like that. It's a uh, uh, vinyl chloride or something like that. It's a very toxic carcinogen. So wait, back up for people who haven't seen this because I haven't seen it. So a train crashed, and there so was a it derailed. Yeah, a train derailed in Ohio, leaving behind all of this toxic waste. From my understanding, the government had people clear out for about three days and then was like, okay, you're good. You can go back to your houses. Wait, really? And so, yeah, so oh. a bunch of people went back and then it was like, oh, that's actually really toxic. And so now I think people have evacuated again. That's How my understanding from hearing a lot of things secondhand. So I could be wrong, but I believe that's what's going on, which in my mind is sketch. But then I heard a similar thing happened in Arizona. And, and in I, Texas and in one of the Carolinas. All like in the last couple of weeks. Like, and it, so it like... When it crashed, there was this big mushroom cloud. Oh my gosh! I'm you can so sorry. you can scoot the entire thing further. It's to not the edge. even that. I think I'm just. It's You're doing great. <laughs> um, yeah, big mushroom cloud, and then it started like floating over Pennsylvania, and this like similar things started happening, like animals dying, water being really toxic. Oh my gosh! People heart being like it's hard to breathe, it hurts and stuff. That's just secondhand information that I've heard. Yeah, like all, all stuff in the last couple of weeks. Like what is going on? And with then the right what is going there on was with a trains? train What's movie. You had heard about this. White noise. White noise. Of with Adam a, Driver. A movie Ooh. about a train derailing in Ohio was released on Netflix like the same week that it happened. Sounds like a great publicity stunt. Pete Buttigieg, he's a transportation guy. Oh, do, so we're blaming him for this? I don't know. That's... <laughs> Krista told me that. <laughs> Great. I did hear that as well. <laughs> that he's the transportation guy. Not throwing any shade, just saying. Just bringing it up. What's going on, Pete? What's, what's happening? Can you imagine if he became president when he ran? What would he be actually? He probably would have crashed the ISS. Just trains everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his logo for his rerun campaign is just a bunch of derailed trains. Like, I want to see that. Things will never get boring with Pete. Vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Blake, what was your um, news? So, was it just like... Okay, never mind. Six doctors <laughs> swallowed Lego heads for science. Here's what came out. Wait, are there pictures? <laughs> what? And then the editor's note is, This episode contains frequent and mildly graphic mentions of poop. It may cause giggles in children and certain adults. Did you listen to it? I am. It, I have not listened to this it, but I did read it. Why would you? Okay. Why did they swallow the heads? They, I guess they just wanted to have science that kind of reassured parents that it's okay if children swallow plastic 
pieces, like small pieces. I think one of the lead scientists was playing with Legos. Oh, as a child. Oh, as a child. That was his experience. But then he was like, I I hear this stuff all the time. Parents are really concerned. And he just wanted to be like, it's fine. But if they swallow a battery, like those circular batteries, it'll burn through their esophagus very quickly. (laughs) So that's a problem. Take your child to the doctor (laughs) if that happens. So, but that doesn't sound like good science to me because... Like a child's like GI tract and stuff like chemically, chemically, it's probably not even the same. Like your chemical buildup probably changes as you get older. So like here's like some 30, 40, 50 year old scientists and they're just like, we're going to swallow this stuff with our giant throats and <laughs> yeah. our really like built up stomach fluids and our, their stomach fluids are like, we got this. We've had like 50 years of practice. So your child <laughs> should be fine. <laughs> that, I know. That it, probably, it probably won't come. That, that's like, that's like. It's electrocuting a dog with something and being like, oh, no, they're fine. They won't. Well, actually, it probably wouldn't kill humans. <laughs> if, if the dog's fine, we'd probably be okay, too. But. Me and my buddies chugged three beers last weekend and didn't feel a thing. So if you give it to your two-year-old, <laughs> they should be okay. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, that's pretty on point. Um, I did do a really quick Google. I didn't have time to read the article, but Florida man brazenly steals $5,500 in vacuums from Bed Bath & Beyond. How much? $5,500. Oh. $5, it's a pretty good Weird. little griff. Honestly. Cool. <laughs> is he going to resell? I don't know. Honestly, vacuum cleaners sounds like a good thing to steal, though, in my personal opinion. It's one of those really hard to well, steal. Vacuum Unless cleaners. you got Roombas. Just stack them oh, like a bunch of Frisbees and just walk out. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. So wait, if you stack up a, stack a bunch. Of Roombas. If you, <laughs> hey, baby, you want to see my stacks? <laughs> she thinks you're talking about cash. I got Roombas for days. <laughs> She I could clean a whole in. mansion with this. <laughs> she walks in. You got like five pillars of Roombas just circling around your apartment. So if the bottom Dang. one goes out, then if the bottom one dies, then does it just like, and then they all drop yeah. down one and just keep going? <laughs> yeah, you just knock off the lower tiers. <laughs> so the top it. tier Roomba is the most safe. And the lower tier Roomba is doing the most work <laughs> to support all the others, which is kind of how it goes. The middle class, lower <laughs> class they, they support everybody. You know, That's beautiful. Well done, Steven. I actually, wow. but like vacuum cleaners, those are like one of the things when you first move out, you don't realize you need until you don't have it. Mm. And you're just like, oh shoot, I have no way to clean my floor. Especially the, like your average first apartment, it's like all carpet anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was ours. Otherwise you can get away with mm-hmm. a, Broom. Just get a paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of paper towel, Graham just spilled his ginger beer. Okay. Um, so today's no, today's <laughs> and you didn't <laughs> slam your guitar on the floor. Thank you for keeping sorry, me honest. Steve. Not in 4K. <laughs> that one actually is 4K. So. Um, so the big reason we're recording this one today with you guys is because Stephen released a song. On Spotify, this is... And all streaming platforms. And all, <laughs> strictly Spotify, he has a $5 million contract. Um, but you have, this is, you're going to play part of it, if not all of it, at the end of the episode. We'll do part of it. We'll do part of it. <laughs> so hang around. Sure. Um, but um, he released a song, so we wanted to promote it some. And then Graham and Blake, uh, I'm like, you guys want to hop on too? Well, I asked Graham and then Graham's like, Blake's just going to come hang out. I'm like, well, Blake can come on too, which later I realized is awesome. Cause you have tons of music experience as well. Yeah. She used to be a rock star, but anyways, again, we'll get to that later. I think she still is a rock star. <laughs> you <laughs> guys stop. <laughs> Graham's just like, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me every day. No, he doesn't. They are married guys. These two are married. <laughs> I guess I didn't establish that. Unless they caught the same last name in the beginning. I don't know. Did we do? Yeah, I said last names, I think. But you guys could have been sisters and brothers. and <laughs> sisters, and brothers. sisters. We don't look anything alike. <laughs> I don't know. I could... I'm really bad at telling like siblings together. Everybody's like, no. oh, you guys look so similar. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the nose, I guess. But Stephen, go ahead and tell us some about your song. Which, how many like songs have you released under your name specifically? Because you released some with Ben, but yeah. Um, let's see. I did the the first stuff I released was the Space Cowboy EP in 2019. Don't check it out. Um, <laughs> is that, that is that was, on your current one? Same one as Inky Win. I feel that oh, so yeah. much. Oh yeah, it's it's still there. It's taking everything in my power not to remove it. But I was like, eh, you know, maybe somebody likes it. 
Mm. Like Love in General. Love, Love in general, general, that's under Left on Red. That's Ben and I's yeah. music. So yeah, I, I can't claim that one to my, my personal name on Spotify or anything. But uh, yeah, okay. So there's Space Cowboy. That's four songs. Um, then I released another EP that I promptly took down in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, was, what was that one called? I don't even know the name of the EP. It had a few songs on it. Uh, it had Riverside. Graham, you probably remember yeah. Riverside. It had that. It had, um, oh, what was even on there? Why'd you take it down? I don't know. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of put it up and I like, I had just gotten into this program called Splice. And so I like mm. started like trying to add drums to my songs and I was like, I'm making beats. <laughs> so I, I did this and I released it all like a month into making beats. And I was like, you know what? That sounds terrible. So I took it down just cause I was like, eh. I don't know. It wasn't really my thing. I was kind of in a weird vein. It was, you know, it was quarantine. I'm just like sitting mm. alone in my room. I'm like, man, this is great. <laughs> do, you, do you still have those on a hard drive somewhere? Yeah, they're on my computer. Mm. So they're, they are still in existence. You should start a Patreon and release them on there. That's not a bad idea. There you go. Especially when you blow up, then people get to hear all your old stuff, which mm. even if you don't think it sounds good, yeah. somebody will. It's all gold <laughs> <laughs> in its own way. Um, um, okay. Did you release any other stuff um, before NQN? Yes, in 2020, I released a song called Valentina. I feel like I remember that one. Is that one still out? Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. I, that one was just really random. I uh, went to Sweetwater and bought a used ukulele. And then the next day, I was like, I want to make a song with the ukulele. So I did. And it's there. So nice. if you like ukulele, <laughs> you always should do Valentina. Valentina. It's there. <laughs> so your strategy with all songs, you go to Sweetwater, you buy a trombone. <laughs> I'm going to make a trombone Come back song. and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come on your friend's podcast and you say, if you like trombone. <laughs> you know, there is kind of a weird thing, actually. If you if you write music, sometimes getting, at least for me, sometimes getting a new instrument just sparks all this inspiration mm. out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. if I pick up a guitar, you know, granted a, a decent guitar that I've never played before, I'm just like, I just start having all these ideas because I kind of get in character with a different instrument. I'm like, oh, this is really mm. cool. And that, it kind of brings out all these weird things I, I don't even know how to explain it. it's just like all these things start firing off in my brain i'm like man i have all these ideas all of a sudden and it's all connected to this single instrument like i wonder what it is about that because actually that's a thing for other stuff like if we get a new camera or mm-hmm. something then it's the same thing it's just yeah. like oh yeah the, the i like you have ideas you never had before right doesn't make much sense but. i mean i think literally pun here seeing things through a new lens with a new <laughs> instrument like that seriously like whether it's it's camera gear or music or something like that sometimes just having something new like that you know you kind of want to use your new gear and so you get into the craft that you've always loved again you know and then you just start having little ideas and yeah you just kind of take one and roll with it so what inspired ink you in is it because you got you got your tattoo when when did you get that? Is it connected at all? Is your tattoo connected to the song that you just released? It is not. I, oh, I'm pretty sure I got the tattoo after I started writing NQN, actually. And I've had this for really? like two years. So you've been re- writing this song for a while then? <laughs> well, kind of. It, it was just kind of an on and off process. I had like one verse. For, and it was actually, it, it. most of the verse didn't even make it on the final recording. But I had a verse for this that was a, a voice memo. Um sometime in like 2021 and just sat there for a long time. Um, and actually when we went, uh, to saga tuck for Ben's bachelor party, Uh, he's like, he had my phone and he was like DJing off it. And my car, my truck at the time was really weird. And if anybody else plugged their phone into it, the music would like chop out, be like over whatever you're trying to play. So I was like, here, you can take my phone and do it. So he goes to my voice memos and just starts playing through songs. I'm like, oh gosh, that, that is wow. It was That's interesting. Like reading a diary. In yeah, front I was of like, oh, some of those are kind of personal. Yeah, <laughs> That's the most menace thing you could do to your friend. Were there other people in the car? Or was it just you guys? It was just us. Oh, okay, it's, it's better. But I was kind of like, okay, some of them. I'm just sitting there like. <laughs> January third, ten a.m. I cried myself to sleep last night. <laughs> 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 Did I hit too close to home on that one? <laughs> no, it just has me dying. It's <laughs> so funny. Uh, anyway, so he <laughs> he just starts playing through all these voice memos, and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And he played. He eventually got to that one, the EQN voice memo, 
And it actually, it wasn't even named Incubus. It was Tattoo Song. <laughs> and he just starts playing it. He's like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I kind of like that one. That one's cool. And he was like, why haven't you recorded this? And I'm like, well, I haven't recorded anything in like two years. It just, it, it just kind of fell off, whatever. Yeah. You kind of did drop off. Like you didn't release a whole lot of music for a little bit there. I mean, it was a three-year gap. 2020 and then just released the first one in a while this year 2023 Man. so back, that, back like rihanna I'm which back. by the way i didn't know she left until the super bowl <laughs> and then i was just like she's back i'm like oh cool <laughs> great yes um it's my huge comeback um are you pregnant no <laughs> i don't think so yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with no did you tell us <laughs> Sorry, side tangent. Did you tell the your mammogram story on this podcast yet? Oh my gosh, no, I haven't. I, I can tell my mammogram. Tell your mammogram great. story. Okay. Have you heard this, Blake? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That whole deal was just wonky. So one day I was just feeling up my chest as one does, and I was like, "Oh, there's there's a little lump there. Like, what the heck is this?" And so I'm all freaked out. And so I scheduled something with a doctor, and I'm like, "Hey." I think I might need to come in. I have a lump in my chest. And so they're like, okay. So they scheduled me for an ultrasound. So I go to the doctor. They did an ultrasound just on my chest, which is really weird. They just like gelled the whole thing up and they're running the thing over it. I'm like, okay. It's like freezing in the room. And so it's just like this cold metal. And I'm like, Ugh. it was, it was all just weird. Um, anyway, the ultrasound was inconclusive. So they're like, we got to give you a mammogram. You had the two female like tests. Yeah, I know. I know. And at the, well, at the time, I didn't even know what a mammogram was. I was just like, oh, what now? So like, you want to break it down for those of us who don't know? Mammogram. So basically, they just squeeze your chest into this machine that compresses you on either side. Specifically and, of the nipple region. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, for me, it was a little off center because the bump was in a weird spot anyway huh. so they, they start doing all that and oh, I, don't, I don't know it's just super weird they're like squeezing it from the side and the lady's like all right you may start to feel a little discomfort here and i'm like okay and it's like it's kind of like when they take your blood pressure on your arm and just squeeze it as tight as they possibly can without you dying <laughs> it's kind of, is that your thought when you get your blood pressure taken <laughs> if this was any tighter i would die <laughs> I've had some that have no chill. I'm just like, I, I, I can't put a, a paper between that. Like it's okay. That's it's fair. bad. So um, squeezing your your boob. I still much. can't visualize this for. Well, it was you. really weird. I mean, like I obviously don't have a lot going on there, so <laughs> it was like they kind of have to. Like what pressure? Like what do they have in the middle that? Could I mean, feel they just kind of grab it and just. Take all the slack and pull it forward. And then <laughs> so, just, like, just the skin. Yeah, just okay. squeeze it super okay. hard. Like, if you're listening to the audio version of this and you want to know what, it, like, Stephen's really giving you some really good like motions. Sort of a, so, hop yeah. on to YouTube, Back yeah. to the Roots podcast, check this, it out. This sort of motion. Uh, but then they turn it and they go. <laughs> the <other way. laughs> so it's like this giant like twist machine. <laughs> <laughs> It takes everything not to like just rotate my whole body with it in the air. So wait a minute, is your back against a wall and it's like pushing in? No, no, no. It's You're just most, standing there, just so like you, standing there, chest out in this room. And then the machine comes up to you, like. On <laughs> 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 either side, <laughs> they're just like standing there clicking buttons, and I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> <So> <laughs> what's going on? So it's actually partially up to you to not pull out of this thing. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And, you have ex uh, excellent discipline. Well, well done. I Way mean, to stay in there. It grabs you pretty tight. It's not <laughs> like you can just like slip right out of it. Um, even with the uh, yeah, it, there, there's no way. Um, so, so yeah, I'm standing there. And they just do that. And I'm like being me, you know, asking questions. I'm like, so how does it look? And the doctor's like, I, I can't disclose that at this time. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. Just keep squeezing my boob, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, just standing there. They do that. And they made all this fuss. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take your results to the doctor now. And they're like, it'll just be a minute. I sit there for like 30 minutes just thinking about my call. <laughs> like trying to process what just happened, trying to process well, what news am I going to get? And they come back and they're like, 
okay, everything's fine. You can go. <laughs> okay. So what was it? Yeah, what was it? Yeah. It's called a lipoma. It's basically a benign tumor. I've had a couple of them. I actually had one removed in my arm. Cause I had a nasty lump in my arm. So I figured it's probably a lipoma, but I was like, eh, I should probably check it out. Cause when I was like 10, a doctor told me that men can get breast cancer apparently. And so I'm like, ah. <laughs> that is terrifying. When I found out that testicular cancer was a thing, it ruined my entire life. Sorry. This this stuff. I just wish they didn't tell kids this. That's to be saying, honest, now any guy that knows about that like, starts chafing, and they're like, "Oh, what's that?" <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> My time has come. I feel like doctors probably threw that information out there just to like get us into the office because <laughs> they knew we were. It's going to be five hundred an hour for your time. <laughs> it ultrasounds are expensive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> also, mammograms probably. Um, okay. Probably. I don't know how we got off on that, but I'm really glad we did. Back to NQN. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Sliding, we're, sliding we're from the nipple about. to your arm. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Give me a... Um, so... What's it about? Who, yeah. Who's yeah. It what's, about? It, what's it about? Who's if. it about? What inspired it in the yeah. beginning? Okay. So, initially, I was just sitting down with my guitar, just kind of playing the song a little bit. And I think kind of the thing that got me thinking about it was it was just it's basically just a song about waiting kind of um you know when I was working on actually recording the song I was working a lot with Phil Krause and he was like oh you know maybe at the end of the song it should be like now I know you're here to stay instead of when I know you're here to stay and I was kind of like well sort of like I like the idea of that and it's certainly like more resolving than what the song actually ended up being um but I think like kind of the the draw to the song for me is that it's it's kind of ambiguous in its ending. Like, it, it doesn't really resolve. It doesn't really give you, like, any of the now I know what's happening. Like, the whole point of the song is kind of the ambiguity of trying to figure out where you're at. And it's specifically, mm-hmm. like, I think I think a lot of people feel this way, like, early relationship type stuff where you're like, okay, like, is this is this legit? Like, is this as real as I want it to be? Is it as real as I even think it is? Like, that's kind of the idea of the songs. It's just a lot of kind of waiting to see how things are going to shake out yeah you know so yeah that's that's basically kind of what inspired it um i don't know none of that is necessarily i don't know i can't say that's like true to my relationship now necessarily but you know a couple years ago being a young guy just trying to figure out life i'm like oh you know i think this is something kind of everybody can relate to and Mm -hmm. you know it felt more true to myself at the time when i started writing it than when i started recording it which was kind of weird just because I had like that year and a half gap between it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It was something that I, I connected both strongly at the time when I started writing it. And so it's still like, even though it's not necessarily something that I feel presently, it's like, yeah. you know, it's still something that I can connect with. And well, I know, do a song that I like, I do really like, I kind of wish that I, maybe this is how most of them work, but I wish that songs about things like that like relationships or just life stuff in general Mm -hmm. like i feel like a lot of people write the song um like in the middle of what they're dealing with and then they release it pretty quick yeah but with you you kind of had like a year and a half where you kind of grew through it so you were able to look at the whole situation like all the feelings from a wider lens sure and that gives i think the song just in general more you, you still have that in the middle of it like i identify with this but then at the same time you have those other you know year and a half yeah. To give it some resolution, to be like, you know, like at the end of the song, how it ends. Right. Giving there's, it some. There's actually, I can I can show you on the guitar. It's kind of interesting. So generally, you know, when, when you're doing a song, you would end it just on your, on your one chord, like your major chord. So this is probably the ending that technically would have been, I mean, this would have been the most resolving ending would it be like a. You know, it's really nice resolution, but what I actually ended up going with was, uh, Mm. so it's kind of unresolving, which a couple people asked me about, they're like, are you sure you want to end the song with that? Like, it's kind of, it's a little floating out there. And I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's kind of a big deal with the song is like the lyrics are unresolving. So I kind of wanted the music not to resolve at the end of it and leave people sort of like, is that it? <laughs> like, that's that's kind of the whole idea of the song, really, is like, 
you know, there's just not a resolution to it. And there's not supposed to be like this. There'll be other songs that are more resolving and maybe kind of come full circle with these ideas. But this one specifically is all just about like waiting ambiguity and Hmm. just having no idea really what's going on. The music side of the song, I think is your best by far because the voice side of it is trash. (laughs) No, No, it's all good. (laughs) But I think like the way you play and your solos and everything, I see it like, you see the growth over that like three-year mm-hmm. time. It's really cool. So well, I appreciate it. I've been, that's, I mean, that's honestly been a huge part of like why it's been so long since I've released any music is like just a lot of kind of trying to figure out the sound that I wanted to go for for a long time. And like, you know, I, I kind of started, I basically learned to record via YouTube videos and then like released my first EP within a month or two of that. So I really didn't know what I was doing at the time. I'm just like, man, okay, like I... I was just all in, you know, excited about it, wanted to get anything released. Um, But kind of the gap between now and then has been really helpful of like figuring out kind of both the sort of thematic stuff that I want to write about, kind of what I want the music to be stylistically. And then also a lot of this, this song is like really minimalistic if you listen to the production of it. But a lot of this song and what took time was the post-production and just figuring out like kind of how to shape the sound of it a little bit and kind of get this fusion of, you know, kind of pop with a little bit of just a little bit of Western influence to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, a, a little bit folksy. And that reminds me, this was like, this is one of the biggest selling points about the song. If you're talking to somebody who's never heard your stuff before, which is really good. Yeah. Like, but um, you had who's drummer on it? Aaron Sterling is the drummer. Um, so I, I knew of him primarily from John Mayer's music. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Um, but I, I started just kind of following Aaron Sterling a couple of years ago and just looking at all the stuff he was playing on. Um, and like he played for Taylor Swift on her new like Taylor's version songs. So mm-hmm. Like if you like the 10 minute version of like All Too Well or whatever, I think he's playing on that. Um, else does he play for he plays a lot for lizzie mcalpine who i'm a huge fan of if you don't know who lizzie mcalpine is you're missing out you need to listen to her music um but just a lot of the artists that i listened to i kind of found he was doing a lot of the percussive elements in them Mm -hmm. and so that kind of got me to want to reach out to him and so i eventually did on instagram and he like gave me his contact and he's like yeah if you if you want to work with something he's like i work with a lot of smaller artists so you can send me music and you know we can work on something so i was like Okay, so I had his contact for months and months, and I didn't do anything with it. And it all kind of shaped out weird. Like, I went and recorded the acoustic guitar for the song and the vocals for the song at uh, ROH Studios. And, you know, I was there for a couple of days doing that. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I got I got takes that I like. And so I sort of took them home. Um, and while I was there at ROH, I was like, I I'd had no plans to, like, outsource anything on the song. I was planning on doing everything myself. Um, just cause that's the only way I'd done my music so far was just, you know, being a kind of a solo recorder and producer. Um, so I like tried playing some shaker and stuff on the song there at the studio. And I, um, I took it home and I like showed it to Abby with the shaker. She's like, I like all the song, but the, the, the shaker does not feel right. I'm like, yeah, I really, I don't know what I'm doing with the percussion side of this. I was like, I don't know what this needs to kind of give it some oomph. Um, so about a week later, um, I was in New Mexico with her and some of my family out there. Um, my uncle out there is a musician as well. And so I was kind of talking to him about the song and I had mentioned to him that I had Aaron's contact and he was like, Oh, you just need to like hit him up and send him the song. And I was like, yeah, I guess I should. And I, I'd always held off on sending Aaron anything. Cause I'm like, well, I'd, I don't want to send him anything that I don't feel good about or a recording that I actually feel ready to move forward on. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had an acoustic and vocal take that I really liked. And so I was like, okay, like I've got kind of a good base to build off of here. So I sent him the song and he, you know, emailed me back like a day later and he's like, dude, this is beautiful. I'd love to work on this with you. And I'm like, Oh, you think it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, within, you know, two weeks, he, you know, we kind of nailed down a session time and we called and talked about the song and I kind of gave him the ideas I was going for. Um, a lot of actually, Graham, I have to credit some of the production inspiration on this to you, um, for the song goodbye, Mr. Blue, but father John Misty, like I think, uh, hearing a lot of like the snare brushes and stuff on that song, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is kind of what the song needs. And so I sent Aaron that song. Um, (laughs) well done. (laughs) 
It's it's such a good song. Is he going to be in the liner notes? Sure. No, yeah. Actually, he is in the liner notes for uh, <laughs> shooting the cover for the oh, song yeah. as well. Oh, nice. I, yeah. I have to credit you for more than that. Um, so yeah, I sent him that song. I sent him another song called Down on Our Own Shield by Jacob Dylan. Um, also a really good song that has just kind of like dark, heavy percussion. Um, so yeah, I mean, there there are just kind of a couple songs like that. A little more folksy, really light on the percussion. Like, I think kind of the the thing that drew me to Aaron was that I feel like he adds so much to a song with his percussion, but it's like almost invisible when it needs to be. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of drummers who, you know, are very talented on a kit, but tend to like make themselves the center of attention on the song, um, which is not bad depending on what style you're going for. But with a song like this, it was more kind of a slow, intimate sort of song. I was like, okay, I need something that can kind of build this up and make it, you, you know, need just, a really good balance. Yeah, it just, a, yeah, exactly. Um, it's complimentary. It's not like, yeah, this is the heavy part, you know? Or right. Like, but Aaron just totally got it. Like yeah. he listened to it and like, I could just tell as soon as he started sending me takes, like he just instantly kind of morphed into the song and like got in character with it. He got the song, you know? And Very so cool. he just, he knew exactly what it needed. Um, so he sent it back to me and I was like, Oh man, like it was, it was so weird and surreal to listen to my song with like one of my favorite, you know, kind of inspirations musically playing on it. I was like, that's so cool. It's really it's cool. Um, but it just sounded amazing. I was like, there's no way this is, this is my song with this guy playing on it. I hope um, that I hope that this song gets the attention it deserves because mm-hmm. like you've come a long way and it's very high quality. And then again, with this guy on it, too, is just like everything about it is top notch. Oh, I appreciate it. If you're listening to this, as Mac Mullins said in the last episode, watch the content <laughs> or in this case, listen to the content. <laughs> Please and thank you. Um, where can they find it? Like, on- so it's on Spotify. I just look up in yeah. by Stephen Hedges. Um Spotify, iTunes, I think it's on Amazon Music, Pandora, all the stuff. I use a distribution service that essentially gets it everywhere. Nice. So whatever weird platform you're using, it should have it. It's um, got to be weird, though. Pandora. Yes. <laughs> Pandora Pandora is a weird platform to listen to music on nowadays. Is it still just the radio thing, like the radio station, where it just... I you type no in idea. a song like it only does... I heard somebody the other day, he was actually telling me, he's like, yeah, my wife and I switched off of Pandora and went to Spotify and we started listening to your podcast. But I'm just like, you're still on Pandora? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember I didn't realize like people in, still were. No offense, Michael, if you're listening. It's great. I'm glad you're on Spotify. I'm just, I didn't, I didn't realize until he said it that Pandora was still a thing. Yeah. I mean, I know like in, you know, 2012, that was okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like now no, when people are using Pandora. I was using like, it in like 2017. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was but, it just the radio thing though? Like, yeah, 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 I guess so. I have vivid yeah. memories of listening to Enya on Pandora. <laughs> Who does? I love Enya. You know, like single. May it be the nearing star. <laughs> 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 Not Shine ringing a bell. <laughs> upon you. It's from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I love Enya. That's the only. <laughs> That's, that's, that's the only Enya song I know, but I really like it. I like how reverby all of her vocals are in every single song. I always wanted that. They're very ambient. <laughs> I used to listen to that song going to sleep. Uh, I liked it. Flakes. Mm. <laughs> um, so, great. Go check out Ink You In by Stephen Hedges on wherever you find music. And hopefully there will be a music video out soon. Looking at Graham. Yeah, we need to make it happen. I do have to also credit um, Phil Krause for the song. He did so much on this. Like we, um, He's very experienced. Yeah. So I I did most of the production on my own. I mixed a lot of it with Phil. So I would kind of send him mixes back and forth. Be like, okay, how does this feel? Like. He just helped a lot figuring out like kind of the right reverbs to use, the right mm. EQ on the different tracks. Um, a lot of panning and like actually getting a good stereo image on the song. I have to credit to him also. Um, so we kind of got a mix that we really liked. And then we ended up um, doing a lot of different takes, like trying to master the song. Uh, I I don't even know how many hours he spent, though, mastering that song. He sent me so many takes of it. Um which I, you know, I was so picky with the song because I just liked it so much that I was like, okay, like once this is released, it has to be, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be good. Um, and I mean, he was just so 
understanding of that. Like I felt terrible. I was like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to have you do another take. And he was like, this is your song. Like I want to get this, how you want it to sound. He was like, I'm having fun doing this. Like I'm happy to do this. And he just, he just kept sending me takes over and over and over again. And, you know, we eventually got some that were just perfect. And I had, you know, a couple to choose from. Um, but yeah, yeah. Huge credits to Phil. He did so much behind the scenes work on the song that people aren't going to know about unless I mention it. But I mean, the the whole sound of the song and crafting everything, like I have to credit a lot to him for mm-hmm. hearing this and thinking, oh, that sounds professional. You know, that's that's Phil. Mm-hmm. He's a very he's very helpful, very experienced. He's just a yeah. wizard with I was going to say he's like Gandalf of audio. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. Oh, you have a little weird buzz in the background. Oh, okay, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The biggest thing, actually, I um, I I recorded the electric at home on this song, and I get interference from our dishwasher at the house, <laughs> which is awful. No, it's a thing. Like, uh, hey, whirlpool. <laughs> I think it's a Samsung, actually. Oh. Um. Yeah, I was getting really bad interference from that. And so, like, he did so many takes trying to get the buzz out of the electric. And finally, I just, like, shut everything off at the house, except, <laughs> except like, my, my studio stuff. And I was like, okay, there we go. Oh, God, I got a good take. I just imagine you but, walking down to the basement with your guitar and just flipping off all the breakers. Yeah. Well, I just mean that to say, if somebody's able to remove buzz on a track, if it's, like, pretty present, that's amazing. That's it's very hard yeah. to do. One day, it's all going to be AI. You're just going to throw a track into an AI thing and it's going to isolate it all out of there. Well, the deal is, is like, it's not hard to remove a buzz, but it's hard to remove a buzz and keep the frequencies that you want. Yes, exactly. Especially when the buzz is not just like, oh, you know, maybe it's, you know, whatever hurts. Like if it, if it is a wide range of frequencies, then it infects everything. Well, yeah, it bleeds into voices and everything else that, yeah. Right. Like you said, you want. Okay. Um, so I want to go into now because Blake also has a ton of music experience and we all love music, but um, I want us all to go around and hopefully you have three. If not, that's okay. But for Steven and Blake, Mm -hmm. what is the top, like like the, the top concerts or shows you've played or also been to, but for Graham and I who have not played any, it is strictly where we've been to. You DJ'd. you DJed with Ben. Well, yeah. So that was, I knew that one was going to come up. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> that was actually, that was, um, Stephen, was that, that wasn't your time, first time playing live other than a worship set, was it? Remember when, when Left on did- Red? The Rage. The, yeah, that was, that was my first time <gasps> That was your first time playing. Really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot That's that. Because cool. you guys did, so it was you, Ben, who was on drums? We didn't have drums. No. You didn't have drums. So it was, it was, it was uh, just, guitar, vocals, and keys. Yeah. Yeah, it was an outdoor concert in downtown Niles. Yeah, that was wild. That was well, it was a long time ago. That was like four or five years ago. Yeah, at least. Yeah. That was no, probably like 2005. No, it, it was 2018. Man. Yeah, That's it was right crazy. after I moved here. Yeah, because then, Blake, you sang, how many, you guys did like five songs or something? Probably more than that. I remember you did Ride, 21 Pilots. Yeah, we did, we did, uh, we did <laughs> Believer by Imagine Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man. We did that Staley Haley Steinfeld song, and it was so funny because we were rehearsing at um, a church, and Jared came up and he was like, "Hey, if you're gonna sing this song with these words, maybe like censor it because we're trying to have a meeting downstairs because this song is like not appropriate." What song is it? <laughs> Which one was it? Um, it's uh, oh, was it Starving? Yeah, Starving. Oh. I don't even remember it. Steven, do you remember it? it? Um, I tasted you. Yeah, it's like tasting your significant other. <laughs> so, so like uh, Jared, we need to talk about the budget for the worship team. Um, also, small groups are starting up. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, some wild lyrics coming through. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? It's just song of song. And we were we were going hard, so like it was. They're they're suggestive. We were not being quiet. Yeah, probably with not. the music. I do remember that show pretty, yeah. Because Ben and I, Chance asked Ben and I to DJ the, um, like, in between the bands. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah. that was our first time. That was my first time DJing. I don't even know if I DJed a wedding at that point. I think I had. Mm. But that was like we actually, like, mixed 
music. And it was, it was so weird. It was in Niles in the middle of like the day on a Saturday, if not in the morning. And it's no. like the it sun was, is like no, shining down. I will say the it bands that night. ended the show oh, were yeah. very good. What was like that? we had a great dance party. There was Timber of Cedar. There. Timber of Cedar. Follow. Tiger yep. and Frame. Hey. Do y'all Dang. remember these people? Yeah. I do, yeah. Do y'all know them? I remember because they all showed me up super hard. I was <laughs> like, man, these guys are actually good. <laughs> <laughs> ben and I were saying like, man, if we had gone on and DJed a set after them because it was mm. dark and everybody was dancing around, I'm like, we could have done, we could have done something. Mm. But... That was a lot of fun. Blake, what are your memories of that that concert? Um, I remember being very nervous because it hit, it was a long time. It had been a long time since I had performed at all. Um, <laughs> I was so nervous. And like I brought up lyric sheets, remember? Like really? I had a music stand. You were wearing with, sunglasses. I was wearing sunglasses. I had lyrics oh, yeah. right here because I was so nervous that I was just going to bomb. Okay, well, which, to be fair, you had to do the, the rap on ride for 21 pilots which is a I wasn't mouthful. even worried about that <laughs> that's not what I well because I every time it came on the radio that was my song oh, loved yeah. that song so I was more excited for that song probably I really don't remember that oh, we did uh Thank- like to be you by Sean Mendez and Julia Michaels you remember that the- oh yeah wait what song it's called like to be you remember that the little uh-uh I remember that, but I don't remember the song. Was that a duet? Did we do that together? It should have been a duet, but I was too nervous to oh. sing at the time. So oh. I was like, it's all you, Blake. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> Sounds great. That's funny. Now I'm going to go back and listen to that. that was- but yeah, I don't remember it too well, but I remember we went to, was it me, you, and Graham? Did we go to Subway, Subway. right before? Yeah. So I could change? Yes. Yeah. I think I have a picture from us at that subway. Didn't I drive us there in your Mustang? I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, no. You guys weren't even dating then. No. no it's funny. No. You were dating somebody else. <laughs> no, not even officially yet. Oh, dang. Yeah. That was early Because actually, I have like weird memories from that <laughs> night because... Grim was an emotional wreck at that time. I was. Because <laughs> that was like, we did the concert and then you left to I go... F- I'm like a horrible no. person, I feel like. Mm-mm. You're not. Because... I didn't I even tell you. I know. You I had no you. idea, but yeah, it's Graham, okay. Yeah, Graham, you should have. <laughs> it's all good. It worked out. out. It's okay. Wait. Yeah. This is Graham at Subway. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. You're a baby. <laughs> so that night, after the concert, I found out that you were going to be going with your yeah. soon-to-be boyfriend. Yes. On a trip with his family, with my family. Yes. To. And I thought I still had a way shot. Way up north. And so you and I went to McDonald's later that night. And I cried I in the drive-thru. I don't know this. Wait, was she in the car when you were crying? No, it was just me and Steven. Oh. Was it that night? I thought, no, we, we went to B-dubs after the <gasps> show. Oh, you're right. Dang. That was a different night. It was that very was... recent, right after that. Yeah. I wasn't there, was I? So when did you find out about that trip? Uh, Steven told me. Oh, did I tell you? I didn't oh, man, remember. No one was <laughs> you, didn't, you, you were only like, find you out. You were like, hey, I think she's going to church with him. I think... That they're oh, actually she's a going thing. To with him. And I was like, oh. And I just like looked over and I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh now gosh. I feel like the terrible person. No, no. no. I bonded with you. We only yeah. find out heartbreaking things about people we care about through friends. Like you never find out directly. It's always like. Is there something wrong with that? I don't think so. I think that's just the way it works. Okay. But it's just well, like. Especially if you're not in a relationship and it's somebody like it's. You know, you're not going to go up to your your buddy who's in the friend That's zone true. and be like, That's "Hey, true. by the way, I don't really think about you like that." <laughs> I guess I just meant like if you're already friends. It's kind of like your friend's responsibility to be like, "Hey, that's true. So I don't think she's digging you as much as you think." There's just there's a very specific heart pang that happens yeah. when your friend says in that kind of sheepish voice. So you're going out with so and so. They're going uh, sing. I think they're going to church. <laughs> I think that literally oh, was no, not church. Anything but church. Are they sitting in the first five rows? Well, and it's funny because um, it's just the back row. my decisions. Oh, no, not the back row. Not the back row. <laughs> I just I. I was thinking about this the other night when when Ben was telling us a story about running into them mm-hmm. um, at a restaurant. I was just like, wow, this really affects the whole family <laughs> because they, I don't know, just like 
What affects the whole family? Who did he run Just into? like... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> None of us know what you're talking Sorry. about. Sorry. Ben was telling us a story. He was hanging out with the Kirbys yeah. um, at Jesus's or whatever. Okay. And, Love Jesus. And he was just like... They, they <laughs> had this like really weird, awkward interaction. I was just like, hey, like I'm acknowledging. I know you. Like You're there. Yeah. But it's not like a, oh, hey, good to see you kind of, th- like, kind oh. of a thing. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, it's just... Life we're going to hop off that train. Yeah. <laughs> Back to trains. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with trains? <laughs> What's going on? They're all derailing. <laughs> Just like this one. Um, <laughs> what's the... Um, okay, so that was... The, Steven, that was your first show. Blake, that was your first show back in a while. Graham, what was, what's like one of the top three sh- concerts you've been to? Excluding that one, because clearly there was lots of emotions. That's not in your top good. three? <laughs> it's blended emotions. You were taking pictures for that show. Graham got some really good, good really, really good did. pictures. Yeah, I did. I have some iconic ones from then. I think. Remember that that one? Though? Yeah, yeah. That was rehearsal. That was. Um, I think my first concert was Harry Connick Jr. and that was fun. Um, well, I, I'm not counting the the plethora of mid Christian concerts. Mm-hmm. I'm not really considering those. <laughs> that's a great that's a great way to describe most Christian concerts. There are some mid. that are like, you know, it's a concert. And other ones where it's like a gathering, like at a church. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm not counting con- those. This isn't a concert, it's a gathering. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of the uh also one you of the ones you guys played actually, no offense. When you opened for Disciple at a oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. With Taya and oh Benjamin. you know what? That was actually my oh. first technical show. I was playing for that, I think. I thought it was super cool that you guys were opening for Disciple because I'd listened to some of them. Like Disciples, like they're pretty out there as far as Christian metal goes. It um, was like Christian acoustic metal. Yeah, it concert. was acoustic. It was wild. But it was, it was in, acoustic and, metal. So you know, yeah. have you heard of Disciple? No, they're a Christian metal band. Um, but they uh, they did a acoustic set at Wait. a church in Mishawaka, and it was it was a uh, the church is it was a very interesting venue for them because it was like. If I remember right, it's like pews, yeah, um, and it's very classic, like Southern Baptist sort of style in the Midwest kind of church. And again, too, it was in the middle of the day or like toward the end of the afternoon, so there was like was, daylight coming in the windows. That I just have a that's kind of an ick for me is having a concert in the middle of the day. Like I, let I the sun go down. Yeah. You're, let the I sun go wrong. down. Okay, let me I'm say, wrong. No, <laughs> Carter, you're not wrong, Carter. Carter, my my brother no. in Christ, you are off on the times. <laughs> like, it was it was like a six thirty concert. I remember there was daylight though. Yeah, there well, was, was summer. in the summer. Both of these shows were there in the was summer daylight. <laughs> that doesn't mean it was like midday. <laughs> If there's sunshine outside, it's midday to me. I guess that's fair. <laughs> anyway, can't argue with that. Okay. So number one, Harry Connick Jr. Number two favorite is we uh, when we went to see John Bellion. Yeah, because I was actually not really—I hadn't really listened to John Bellion before that. Oh my goodness! And hold on, you got it. Thank you. I can do this now because we're married. <laughs> you can touch my face. Um, is it not okay to do that? It's if like married? we've been married for two and a half years, so. This shouldn't be so that. they're at the face touching stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things are starting to get pretty serious. <laughs> um, John Bellion. I can't remember any other concerts though. What was yeah. so great about the John Bellion? I'm very, I'm very jealous about that one because I wasn't, oh. I wasn't super into John Bellion at the time, mm. but I have since gotten way more into him. Oh yeah. It's just his presence on stage is really fun. He's a musical genius in a way. He orchestrated like this improv. Yeah, it feels like the band has a lot of like, it's not just like, there's a lot, it's almost like a mini orchestra pit too, because he's kind of like a a conductor mixed with like a, like a, some pop and rap artists. Yeah. So it's like, he fuses a really cool blend of a lot of good music. Did you guys ever watch that concert of his I sent you? He did a concert in like 2020 during lockdown. Yeah. um, And it's called John Bellion Live from the Cove. The whole thing's on YouTube. It's like a 45 minute Mm. thing. Mm. And it's all in a music studio that's not huge. It's probably like the size of this room. Um, And he has like, again, like a full, he's Mm -hmm. got like two cellists, a violin, Mm -hmm. trombone, trumpet. Is that um, where he did drums. all the in, like the acoustic the versions acoustic tracks, of his yeah. songs? Yeah. And, okay. he, and he did, um, he sang Holy because um, he's oh, the one yeah. who wrote that. Um, and it was he just like, wrote it's, that? Yeah. Yeah. It oh. is such a fun like concert to watch. Justin Bieber? Because he's so, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, no but way. he's so interactive with the musicians. He's like, okay, do this, do this. He's yeah. like, pick it up, pick it up. And then he's just like, yeah. it's so fun to watch. It's like that on stage. Yeah. It's yeah. super cool. And I actually, think the, sorry. sorry. No, you were already talking. No, I, I was going to 
change. So oh, I just I also loved that concert because um, the opener Lawrence, mm. the band. That's mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh well, um, he's like he has his own record label and they're on it, and he's kind of like taking them under his wing, and mm-hmm. that's. They were like, I would have gone to a whole show of just the opener because they were that yeah, good. They're Lawrence so is very good. good. They're, I would say they're much better live for whatever reason. They're really good recorded, mm-hmm. but like their energy on stage is just, oh. Yeah, I feel like so Lawrence good. would be a really fantastic opener because their energy mm-hmm. is so high. It's so easy to get into their stuff. Very good. I was, um, the first time I learned about an opener, I didn't know openers were a thing. One of the first concerts I went to was an NF concert. Um, and I didn't realize that like the artist, the main artist had like another artist come out and like warm up the crowd. And it was so interesting because NF is like a very intense, like rap style. But then he had um, this band called, oh shoot, Nightly. Um, oh, I love Nightly. I actually do too. They're, they're so actually, good. they're actually really good, but they're a completely different style. So they went up there and did like, I don't know how you would categorize them. It's kind of like alternate, but also kind of chill. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they got up and they did their thing. And then NF came out like, oh, that's a thing. But I would say, actually, one of the coolest concerts I went to was it was a Christian music festival in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. First of all, on the way there, the tire fell off of the truck we were in. We were just like driving. It was me, my youth pastor, and Caleb Cole, shout out. And we were just riding down like the hot, the interstate. And there's like a bump. And my youth pastor was like, I want to pull over real quick. And he's like, hop out and see if everything's okay. And I like looked. I'm like, um, the back <laughs> wheel's gone. <laughs> no. And it's like, where is it? I looked over it. It was like right there in the ditch. And yeah, it had like popped off and like stayed in the wheel well until we pulled off to the side. And then it, so we lost a wheel on the way there. And then we were in a tiny town where there was only a goodwill for like eight hours while it got fixed. But we ended up getting to this middle of nowhere place in Ohio. It's like on a man-made lake. Um, And there was, you know, thousands of people there. They're camping. There's no buildings there really. Um, Multiple stages and tents. And that was the first time I saw NF. Mm. It was also the first time I saw um, Switchfoot. No, it was the second time. But that was... Okay, that's the only time concert in the middle of the day is acceptable. <laughs> if it's in the middle of August <laughs> and it's super hot it's and it's like kind of a, a rock and roll band playing, mm-hmm. it's fantastic vibes. Everybody's like super sweaty. John Foreman, the lead singer, like left in the middle of the set to change his shirt and then he came back because he was so sweaty. And then, like, he hopped down in the crowd. He's Switchfoot's a great band to see live because he's so interactive with the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he always comes down into the into the crowd or crowd surfs or something. And uh, they played Dairy to Move. And, like, they ended it, and it was kind of ambiguous. It was, like, the way they ended it is kind of like what you're talking about, where it wasn't, like, concluded. And then they all walked off the stage, and we were all, like, chanting for them to come back. And then they just come out, Dare you to move. And they just, like, went right <laughs> back into it, and c- confetti cannons went off. One of their other songs, they had, they had everybody like put their arms around each other and we were like swaying back and forth together. It was super hippie. It was fantastic. Wow. That was, dang it, I think that was probably my favorite concert ever, actually. I should have said that first, but. That's really cool. It's called the Alive Festival. It's still That's going cool. on. I've, I've been wanting to go back, but. Do you guys listen to uh, Yeba at all? Does anybody like Yeba? Some. Haven't not, heard. Not a lot. Haven't some. listened to. Really. Okay. Well, I heard her open for a concert one time. Did she open for John Mayer? Yeah. Because I've heard a John Mayer song that she's done. Yes. Yeah. So she opened for him in Chicago last year, and it was just incredible. Like, the the sad thing about her opening was whoever was mixing mixed really poorly. So That is the trouble. With opening. Yes. It's so bad. They they always mix it just terribly. Hmm. Um, Like, it was was noticeably bad. But, um, I mean, her voice is just incredible. Like, I heard her saying, and I was just like, man, this is next Adele energy. Mm. But, like, a little more musical than Adele. And that's not an insult to Adele. Like, I love Adele's music also, but it's not necessarily as... Like, you kind of know what's coming next with an Adele song. Yeba's just, like, all over the place. Just totally loose cannon, Mm. wild effects in the song. But it was... Mm. Yeah, it was very, very, very cool. Another artist, if you haven't listened to her, it's well worth listening to. Yeba. Mm -hmm. How do you spell that? Y-E-B-B-A. Her cool. name is Abby in real life, and that's where Yeba came from. So it's oh. Abby spelled backwards. Oh. Cool. Nice. So, <laughs> cool. Uh, any other noticeable? Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. We're going to have to wrap it up kind of soon. But, Blake, we haven't really, we barely scratched your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, the coolest place that you played? So, the band that you played with most of your early years with, who was it? Um, the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
very quick background story. I was living in LA and when I was 14, I got a call from Ronnie, the lead singer. Um, turned out he um, was from the same place in Florida where I was from. And we used the same like studio engineer. Um, and he, I guess the engineer was playing my music in the studio. He was like, who is that? Hmm. That's cool. I want to get her number. I like had just auditioned for a show at Disney. You were Austin and Allie, right? Austin and Allie. Hmm. Who did you audition for? Allie. (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I remember it being just like the, me and the girl who got it in the waiting room because we had gone on like several callbacks and then they eventually went with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just, I don't know. He called me, left a message. Um, and he was like, Hey, I love your voice. I'd love to work with you. How fast can you get back to Florida? And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I just had like this gut feeling like that's what I should have should do. And Mm -hmm. so my mom was really cool and was like, okay, let's, let's pack up everything and go back. Um, it had been really hard living in LA, um, and I had done a few things, but not. Did you guys move out there time. with the purpose of pursuing yeah. music? So there was like this agency in Jacksonville that I was with. And then they were like, you're never going to get anything here unless you go to New York or California. So they were like, okay. Or we were like, we'll go out. There were a lot of other people living in Florida that weren't like committing to move. So they would go for the summers, mm. but that's really hard. Cause if you're not there consistently working or auditioning, you're not going to, you're not networking. You're not. Yeah. yeah. So we went out there to move. Um, and so we did that for like three or four years and I was 14 when we moved back. So that's when I started working with Ronnie and he kind of wow. very similar to John Bellion. Like he took me under his wing. Like we auditioned. How, how old were you? At the I time? was 14 when we threw, when 14. we wrote our Man. first EP and recorded all of that. How long was it? Like three, four, how many years? With him? Yeah. I think it was more like two or three. I really, it's, that was like a blur. (laughs) It's a blur now. Um, But yeah, so we eventually like kind of split ways Mm -hmm. um, because musically I wanted to do something a little bit different and he was just like, okay, well then. So that was just an interesting, (laughs) it was kind of, it was like, I don't have a lot of closure from that, but, um, but so yeah. You, where did you guys, but you got, you played, did you play at Warp Tour? We played the, the Jacksonville show, um, of, I can't even remember what year, 2013, 20, yeah. Are they still doing Warp Tour? No, Mm. no. So we played that, um, that was really fun and we played all over the country, never went outside. Um, the best place I've played, I would have to say, is Hawaii. We did like a full West Coast tour. So we drove to Kennewick, Washington. Um, then so we, we played in Seattle. We had a West Coast tour, so we hit the West Coast, and then we went a few thousand miles off the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> and then we dope. turned it into a vacation, which was which was nice. So That's very we cool. wanted to go for our honeymoon, but COVID happened. So hmm. We did recently drive by the place. Where you played in Seattle. Yeah, because we, we just um, vacationed there with your family. Yeah. So we were very close to the, to the um, venue, which is now closed because there was a fatal shooting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. right. It was a great venue. Man. It was really cool. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of... Very cool. But you've been to a lot of concerts, too, because you did stuff with the radio. So you went to like a ton of like 21 Pilots and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot with our local radio station, um, in Jacksonville, they had me like take over their Snapchat for their festival. Um, I can't remember what it's called, hmm. man. I don't remember a lot. <laughs> well, all this happened like in a pretty tight window of a pretty formative age. Yeah. You. And so it was, was also like the most stressful time of my life. Yeah, I can imagine. So yeah, I quickly hit rock bottom. <laughs> Understandably. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you hit rock bottom because then you you're, yeah. he, you're here now. And I know and Jesus, which is awesome. Yeah. But you're, yeah. <laughs> you're solid now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Blake then, but no. Nope. Anyways. Well, very cool. All Thank right, you. Steven. Do you want to close us out with a little bit of ink you in? I can play a little bit. Yeah. Do what you can. Are you going to try for the falsetto? Yes. I don't know. Do you want me to try for the falsetto? Try for the yes. falsetto. Okay. All right. All right.
can I tie to love? Can I ink you in? Wanna know you're here to stay. <laughs> That's pretty close. Can I tie to love? Can I ink you in? Wanna know you're here to stay. Thank you guys for joining Actually. us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unresolved chord. <laughs> we talked a lot about it. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure to check out Ink You In by Stephen Hedges on Spotify, oh. Apple Music, wherever. Um, we'll be back with you again with another bottle. See ya. That was a beautiful train wreck of a yeah, conversation. <laughs>